Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Well, you can give God some praise in the house before you sit down. Praise his name up on high. Come on. (laughs) And then you may be seated. Thank you, worship team. What a blessing. If you're joining us for the first time ever, wow, welcome home. We're so excited. God's just getting started. Turn to at least one good-looking person on your right or on your left and say, hey, God's just getting started with you. God's just getting started with you. And then say back to them, I know, he's just getting started with me too. (laughs) God bless you guys. Well, I want to just stay in this, this place of worship and I've asked James to stay on the stage and keep playing. And, but I hope you came ready to receive what God has for you. Not what the pastor necessarily has for you, but what the Word of God has for you today. He saw you before you woke up this morning. He saw the fight you got into on the way just to get here. But he still loves you. His grace is more than enough for you. And his grace has brought you here to this space and this place. And he just wants you to know that you are so loved. He's just getting started. And my eyes are already sweating. We haven't even got into all this yet. Okay. So we've been doing this series called Holy Health. Make sure you pronounce that right. Holy Health. You know, words are powerful. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat its fruit. And I think a lot of us want to have a whole health, a healthy health, healthy lifestyle. I believe for many of us sitting here today, we know that we were created more than what we are experiencing right now. And if that's you today, just give me a thumbs up. Where you know that there's more in you that God's called. Okay, praise God. Talking to the right crowd. But so far in this series, we talked about the foundation. I said I'd help you guys prioritize. Prioritize. Because I find in most people that I meet, it's not a lack of good intention, but a lack of clear direction. And so the first priority we talked about is faith. Say faith. Faith is the foundation. It is everything that we build on. It is the belief system, the things that will challenge us from day to day, what you believe you can or cannot do. And as Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is or so he becomes. And faith is the foundation of the word in which we stand on God's word, not the worries of this world. For when the storms come, they have a way of proving our foundation. Faith allows us to stand. And so we talked about faith, and then we talked about fitness. How this is the the temple of God, and how God wants to use this, and God wants to, to use it to the full potential, so that our friends and our family... Don't get our scraps or our leftovers at the end of the day. That we will have more than enough energy to reach the people we need to reach and go to the places that God has called us to go. And we learned that not even Jesus himself could have traveled the distance that he had traveled and ministered to the people that he had ministered to had he not taken care of his health. So we understand the importance of the spiritual health and the physical health And the third point I want to talk about today, like Pastor Steph said, is family. Family and friends. How many of you know you don't always get to choose your family? (laughs) 
but God bless them. We got them anyway. And we are all adopted into the family of God. And I'll talk more about that, that who you surround yourself with is who you will become. Someone once said, show me your friends and I will show you your future. <laughs> and so lately in your family, in your home, and even amongst your friends, you maybe aren't receiving or experiencing the amount of peace that you would like. Maybe it feels less like peace and more like pieces. And you're just trying to put the pieces together. But maybe some of you, it's going really good. It's going great, but it could always be better, right? It could always be better. God is always calling us to a higher standard of living. Because he wants us to experience more. But for us to experience more, we must be willing to change. That's the first step. Change for the better instead of becoming bitter. So either way, how do we move from our current position or perspective on peace when it comes to our relationships? How do we prioritize whole health when it comes to family and friends? I've noticed something lately. There's been a real sense of urgency. I don't know if you felt it or seen it. My panda friend in the back says, yes, I felt that. <laughs> Love you, tree. There's a real sense of urgency, but one thing that I have found is not everything that is urgent is necessarily important. Would you agree, Derek? Yeah. Not everything that is important is necessarily urgent. And I think God is telling us in this season to just slow it down a little. Slow it down. You know, there's, there's many things that come across for me personally that are urgent that I don't want to miss opportunities. And not just a sale that comes up on Facebook Marketplace, right, honey? I'm actually talking to me. She's looking at me like, that was me yesterday. But you know, the things that, you know, that come across as urgent, for me, is, is this fear of missing out. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out on not just making money, but making memories with my family and friends. I don't want to miss out on, on date nights, on Friday night. Which was really fun, uh, by the way, Mark and Kadeen, thank you for that. <laughs> Sometimes it's good to get other couples involved. I don't want to miss out on that. And I don't want to miss out on quality time with my kids. My oldest son is almost 15. He got a job this summer. Now you can start paying rent. <laughs> no. Maybe, I don't know. It'll be up to mom. But you know, you think of it, three, three years he could be out of the house. I don't want to miss out. So there's fear of missing out. There's fear of, of missing out. You know, for me, relationships are a big deal. They're a big deal. I love that I get to do this. And for me, I, like, I want quality time with everyone. But I've come to the realization that that's not possible. It's not possible to have quality time with everyone. So the Lord has and is teaching me how to prioritize. I don't want to miss out on the adventures with my friends. I don't want to miss out on the Harley Davidson rides. Come on. I see the light. There's going to be a window today. I don't want to miss out. Can you relate? So I want to be able to prioritize what's most important and what God has given me so that one day when I stand before him, he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. 
He's all going to ask us, what did you do with what I gave you? And he's not, he's going to care less about the stuff. He's going to talk about the people in our lives, our family and our friends. So what better way to do that than to dive right into Ephesians 5 when Paul talks to the church in Ephesus and what it means to be children of God and following God's example. Again, in Ephesians 5, verses 1 to 2, it says this, follow God's example. God's example. As dearly loved children and walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So yeah, last week we talked about this importance of fitness and, and then Paul was, was talking to the church about how, you know, really it's, we're in a race. You know, there's, at the end of the race, even those that, the athletes that train, they train to, train to win the race. They train in such a way that they will win and run a race, but they run to get a crown that will not last. We run to get a crown that will last forever. So about half the church signed up uh, for the gym at Fit for Change, and uh, praise God. <laughs> Put another plug out there for you, Lee. God bless you. Uh, we're all getting healthier. But you know, it's it, yes, there, it's important how we run, but today we're going to slow it down. Today we're going to set the pace to win the, to win the race. Today, some of us, God is saying, you need to walk slow through the crowd so you don't miss your miracle. It's right there in front of you or it's right there beside you. So my first point that I want to talk about is to walk in love. Walk in love. There's a lot of talking, a lot of walking going on out there, but there's not a lot of loving, right? Not as much as we'd like. So let's slow it down. Christ was good at walking with love through the crowd, wasn't he? He didn't, he didn't miss any of his miracles. He always paid attention to what was going on around him. I think we can learn from that. It says Christ, through his love for us, it gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. See, Jesus calls us to be a living sacrifice. And all the moms said, Ugh, amen. <laughs> God bless the moms in the house. Thanks for not giving up on us. Thanks for always praying for us. Thanks for loving on us even when we didn't deserve it. <laughs> and all the fathers in the house that stood in faith and continue to stand in faith despite the fears that the world would tell us. You know, my dad was always a superhero to me. He didn't talk a lot, but he was a hardworking, still is a hardworking man. He's a man of faith, and faith without works is dead. And I knew that he loved us because of the time that he would give up for us. But he would always make, it wasn't a lot of time, but he would make quality time for us. Remember that. Moms and dads and future moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas. Kids don't want the stuff. They just want you. They just want you. Just like your heavenly father just wants you. Just wants to spend time with you. 
And it's Matthew 25, verse 40, where the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you do for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you do for me. That's why we got to walk in love, talk in love, act in love, serve in love. We need to prioritize the way that we walk. Last week I talked about form and how important form is, even in running and to have good form. How many of you practiced when you woke up early this morning to stretch before the Lord before you started running, huh? Did you do the praise? Did anyone try it this week even once? Yes, thank you, Rick. It works, right? It just feels good to stretch up and lift up. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for this day. And then we talked about the other stretch where you get in the prone position, <laughs> right? Ah, oh, your will be done. Not my will be done. Thy will be done. Lord, what are my orders? Your will before my wants. It works. You know, three times my Bible flipped open to Daniel. And in my King James Version of the Bible, I only have like two pictures in that whole Bible. And it's the picture of Daniel on his knees. Like, don't tell me that God doesn't speak to you, that he can't do it, that he's not moving mountains. He'll flip a page for you in the Bible just to show you how much he loves you. So we need to prioritize to walk like God walked and talk like Jesus talked and to prioritize. You know, we need less distraction and more interaction. Ooh, that's good. Somebody write that down. Less distraction and more interaction. What I love when I come to preach, there's no phone on me. I don't know if you ever noticed that. And sometimes we use it to take notes, but even our leadership team has decided to take less notes on their phone and start pulling out the old school pad and paper because then every now and then you get this notification up. (laughs) Right? You've been notified. Who cares of what? (laughs) God wants us. He wants quality time with us. And just like your family and friends want quality time with you, We need less distraction and more interaction. And in this busy world, if we really want to catch what God is doing, the calling that he is throwing in front of us and laid before us, we need to slow it down. We need to regain sight and put things in order so that they become right. Not our sight, but God's sight. Not our fight, but his fight. Are you with me? Okay, thank you. And then uh, verses 15 to 16, if you jump ahead a little bit, it says, be very careful. Not a little careful, but very careful. Be very careful then how you live, not as the unwise, but as the wise, making the most out of every opportunity because the days are evil. Oh my goodness, you could just park right there. You could park on the days are evil or you could park on every opportunity. Again, it's about perspective. What you perceive is what you receive. And so I want to talk about embracing the opportunity. Make the most out of every opportunity. It's hard to see the opportunity when all you see is opposition. Right? Not every crisis, ladies and gentlemen, I'm still learning this, needs to be controlled. Not every crisis needs to be controlled. Just like not every problem means a lack of priorities. 
God does not want us to give up on people, but to give people up to him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God does not want us to give up on people, but give people up to him. For example, <laughs> in this season of setbacks, there's always a setup. Like my son, um, Maximus. Maximus the Great. I use, I use him a lot as a reference. Hey, I love him so much. He's like me. He's like the youngest version of me. And our maturity probably isn't that far off either. But it's like my youngest son, Max. He is like, he's got so much energy and... He moves with such energy like the Flash. I don't know if you know the Flash, but he's like Flash. And at a lot of times, he can seem out of control, and he can wear us out to the point that we're almost burnt out. And he may seem out of control, but I can take the opportunity to connect before I correct. How many of you could take more of those opportunities to connect before you correct. I can have a, a deeper relationship with my son if I can get to his heart before I start on all the other stuff. I think, I think if you just walked away with that little principle, that, 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 that little teaching, if you thought the next time you're about to make moves, the next time you're about to advance, if you really went to God and asked before you advanced, he would say, I want you to connect with him before you correct with him. Correct them. I don't know that was proper grammar, sorry. Connect with him before you correct them. Connect with them. Because people don't even care what you know until they know that you care. Right? Connect with them. In verse 20, it says, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. My final point is give thanks instead of grief. <laughs> give thanks instead of grief. So who does the scripture say that we give thanks to? Do we need to read it again? Okay. Who do we give thanks to? Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. And what do we give him thanks for? Everything. <laughs> Everything. There's even such a thing as good grief. Just ask Charlie Brown. <laughs> who would have thought? Hey, Rick, who would have thought God was speaking to you before you even knew him through a cartoon character like Charlie Brown and Linus, right? On Christmas. God cares about you that much. Even when somebody else, maybe your father wasn't teaching you, your heavenly father would find a way or make a way to tell you about his son. Isn't that beautiful? Family. Family is what we make of it. Family, isn't, it. family is a matter of the heart. It's not just who you were born into or what you were born into, but who God places in your life. It's about giving praise over problems. You know, I was literally, literally in the middle of making this message when my father called. <laughs> 
And I was telling my dad about this message, and then he says, you know, son, family is both grief, grief, <laughs> grief and blessing. Family is both grief and blessing. And usually the grief comes before the blessing. <laughs> but it is both. Good grief. <laughs> Colossians 3.21 of the Amplified Version says, Fathers, and in some translations says, Parents, do not provoke or irritate or exasperate your children with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by favoritism or indifference. Treat them tenderly with loving kindness so they will not lose heart or become discouraged or unmotivated with their spirits broken. I think we've all been there. And it sucks to be on the receiving end. It's even worse to be on the giving end. But again, our God is a God of grace. And his grace is more than enough for us. And his mercies are made new every morning because great is his faithfulness. For today is the Lord, the today is the day the Lord has made, and we will what? Rejoice in it. Praise the Lord. Verse 29 to 30, it says, After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they fed and cared for their body just as Christ does for the church. For we are members of his body. You know, man, it, I, I encourage everyone to please go through the whole chapter and go deeper. And in verses 25 to 29, it speaks to us as men. And it says, if we want to have peace in our homes and we want to have peace with God, we need to love our wives just as Christ loved the church, gave himself up for the church. If you truly love yourself, then you will love your wife. And wives, it says, if, if you want to have peace in the home, your husband needs to know that he feels respected. And I know the scripture has been used and abused in the wrong context. That's why I started with us as men. We need to lay down our lives. That's a, that's a high standard to live up to. The way that Christ loved the church. But you will never measure up on your own without God's grace without God's joy, without, without the, the ability to forgive. It can only come from your heavenly Father, not on your own strength. And wives, I've met a lot of men that are insecure and struggle with their confidence because they don't feel respected. And just like a, when a woman doesn't feel appreciated, she usually lacks love because love is patient. Love is kind. It endures all things. It is not self-seeking. It keeps no record of wrong. It always hopes for the best and looks for the best. Read 1 Corinthians 13. Either way, let us sow. Let us sow in both love and respect for one another and let us reap 
the presence of God's peace instead of living life in pieces. Would you stand with me? Imagine if, imagine if we walked in love, we stood in love, we talked in love, that we embraced every opportunity and sowed grace instead of grief by prioritizing family and friends. For we know whatever we feed grows. And my takeaway is simply this. Plant priorities and grow and go in peace. And the verse that I want us to think about, meditate on, memorize it, think about it this week, is Colossians 3.15. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Lord, we thank you again for your word today. Thank you for this family. Thank you for healing. Thank you for restoration. Thank you, Father God, that you are more than enough. Thank you, Lord, that even in our weakness, your strength is made perfect. So I thank you in advance for bringing in the prodigals, for healing relationships that were broken. I thank you, Father God, that we can humble ourselves under your mighty hand and you say at the right time we will be lifted up. Would you just lift up the spirits of those in this house tonight? Would you lift our spirits, Lord, as we look to you and we lean into your word? In Jesus' name. You know, if you're standing here and you, you don't have to make any indication that I'm talking to you, but if you know what it's like to be part of or even be in a home where you know you maybe you haven't measured up or things aren't going the way that you planned and you're lacking peace and you need more peace in your home, in your heart, out there. You see, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. You can't get any more peace than what you get from Jesus. And God offers up and uh, offers us up his son in Philippians 4 that, that to be anxious about nothing but everything through prayer and there it is thanksgiving make your requests known to God and whatever is godly loving true to meditate on these things and then the God and his peace will be with you. You see he offers up uh, he says a peace that the world cannot give to you. This world cannot give but only he can give it. And if you want to receive it just receive Jesus. Receive, receive the Prince of Peace. And if you're here tonight and you haven't received Jesus and you haven't had that peace in your life, I'm going to lead you through a prayer right now. We're going to invite him in. And maybe, maybe you had the peace and you lost the peace. I was saying to our leadership, maybe for some of you, like Jesus said in Matthew, I believe it's six or seven, when he sent out his 12 disciples and, and he said, you know, to go into a home and, and, and if you're greeted well and welcomed, then leave your peace there. But if not, take it back. Dust the dust off your feet. But some of you haven't taken that peace back. You left it in 2018 somewhere. At somebody's place, in some other relationship, in some other job, and maybe even in a church. And unless you get your peace back, you can, you can go back and say, hey, you took a lot of things. My pride, my dignity, 
my favorite shirt, <laughs> my dog. It sounds like a country song. <laughs> but there's one thing I left here that I need back, and that's my peace. That was never supposed to leave me. And if we're not careful, if we don't get that peace back, what happens is you take that dust with you and you go from one village to another village. You take that dust with you and that bitterness with you and it goes with you wherever you go. So you got to dust it off. Somebody say, shake it off. Shake it off. It starts today. It starts today in the only way and that is God. And Paul said in Romans 10, 9, if we believe in our hearts that God the Father raised his son from the grave and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. Heart, mouth, it takes two. Let's just invite God in right now. Would you pray this prayer with me? Just say, dear Jesus, I know what it's like to feel dusty, to feel dirty. I'm ready to shake it off. I know what it's like to mess up, to make mistakes, and to sin. Would you please forgive me? <laughs> I believe that you came and died for me and for my sins. I believe that you rose from the grave. Would you come into my heart and be Lord over my life? I receive you, Jesus, and I receive your peace. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. 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 Stay in the moment. Let's keep your eyes closed in the moment. Such a holy moment right now. and I'm so thankful for what God has said in this moment. I'm thankful you came. I'm thankful that you made moves. I'm thankful you receive and you spoke out. And if you receive Jesus either for the first time in his peace in this place today, you prayed that prayer for the first time or coming back to him, all eyes are closed and heads are bowed. It's really for you and God, but just give me a thumbs up. Say, Pastor, that was me today. Thank you, Jesus, right on. Come on. There's a party, thank you, Jesus, going on in heaven right now. And even if you didn't put your thumb up, God sees you, God hears you, God knows you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. We're going to continue to step in and press forward. In Acts 16, 31 to 34, it says, And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus. Believe in the Lord Jesus. And they believed. And you see, the man and his family were baptized and they received Jesus. They received the Holy Spirit and they entered the household and everyone believed in God. Everyone. You see, when we step into the water, we step into baptism, we are baptized with Christ. It's not a religious act. It's an act out of relationship and following Jesus because he told us to. He says, I require obedience even more than sacrifice. And something happens. And I'm going to ask the team here pretty soon to lift the lid because we filled it. We filled the tank out of faith this morning with water. We filled it because out of obedience. In Romans it says when we are baptized, we go beneath the water. 
It represents when Christ went to the grave. And we leave behind those things that have held us back. And we come up out of the water. It represents his resurrection and we are resurrected with him. Something happens. This is probably my favorite part, the end of the service. Seeing people come to know Jesus. Seeing people step in and step out forever changed. Our host team has got, man, they've got new clothes. They just keep getting better and better. We got towels. We got, you name it. You only need one reason to step in, and that reason is Jesus. <laughs> and Acts says, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized by calling upon the name of the Lord. Ah, right on, brother. So why don't we continue to worship and press in, and if that's you and like my friend Tree that just came forward, ready for you. Most importantly, God's ready for you. Let's worship Him. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.